0: hello and welcome back to yet another gorgeous episode on unedited the podcast we're at episode 28 and today i'm joined by a guest that i'm so excited to have on the podcast today she is somebody i've very much admired for a really long time for her uncanny ability to pierce the field and really connect with your emotions through storytelling she's a profoundly brilliant writer and I am very looking, very much looking forward to the conversation we're about to have. So, without further ado, this is Ricky Lee wolves Thank you so much, Kelsey. That was a really beautiful way to get
1: introduced. I've never actually quite heard myself reflected that way. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, obviously, my name is Ricky Lee. I think it's important to know that I'm also a fellow Canadian. Really close to you, Kelsey. Yeah, just a few hours away. <laughs> Not quite in the mountains like we'd probably wish, but we're we're still close enough. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a copywriter right now. Currently, I, I run a copywriting agency called ELOKE, and I'm a copy mentor for other leaders and also for other copywriters. And I've just been in this space for quite a while. So I, I come from a background of business coaching, of herbal medicine, of wilderness guiding. Um, so lots of different threads that I think honestly beautifully weave into my work uh, I always like to tell people that I'm the most unlikely copywriter how I came to be a copywriter is is so it's so funny to me I think it makes sense but it's also it also didn't doesn't make sense in a really beautiful way yeah. um, and I yeah I share that just because I think of course it came from a label of not thinking I was a writer, not thinking I was an artist, not feeling like I was a creator because of society and, you know, childhood programming and, and here I am today. And so I think it's just a testament that it's not something that uh, you are, you aren't. It's like, I think everyone is an artist in some way and you get to actually claim it and, you know,
0: Slowly embody that craft more and more. I love that so much. I think something that's really poignant as well is your expression of artistry is going to change throughout your life. And I remember, I mean, the things that you do as a child will always kind of stay with you a little bit and be like leave an imprint of like your brand of expression. And so when I was younger, I spent so much time just like totally hamming it up. I would write plays. I was such a performer. I loved using my voice probably more than my parents would have liked. And mm-hmm. all of those things, although they're still present, they've just matured in such a beautiful way. So I would, I would love to kind of hear how you've matured as an artist and as a creator and um, what that's looked like for you on your journey. hmm
1: um, I mean, I wanted to be a country singer, <laughs> When I was a kid, oh my
0: I, god,
1: I this. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so funny. Like my my mom always reminds my sister and I. Like my sister wanted to be a an artist as well, and she played the violin, and I played um, the guitar, and we would both write songs. And instead of watching cartoons or kid shows, like a lot of people ask me, like all these kids shows. I'm like, I don't know about those kids shows because my sister and I would watch CMT country music television yeah for hours and hours my mom was like genuinely worried for quite a bit of time that (laughs) there was something wrong with us because we were just obsessed with watching country music videos and listening to the music and then and then writing and uh and yeah so I mean I think my first my first love was through music but I really liked to to write the lyrics so that's why I say it It makes so much sense that I'm a writer now Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that, that that quickly faded. I think part of it stemmed from, like I mentioned, just like societal norms kind of being projected on me that being an artist is really, like being a successful artist is really unlikely. Yeah, It's really hard and, you know, very few make it. And so, of course, from a place of protection and love, I think my parents... Um, tried to shield me from that and push me into different directions. And for a really long time, I I focused on sport. I focused on adventure. I focused on getting into the mountains. I focused on my soccer career and really just left anything to do with the quote-unquote label of artistry behind. And it really emerged when I was forced to create a business out of all of these things that I enjoyed. So for the longest time, I just chased passions. I was like, I want to be in the mountains. So I'm going to become a wilderness guide. And I studied leadership and guiding for a year. And then I was like, I want to study herbal medicine. <laughs> I went to the, uh, Vancouver Island for four years and studied herbal medicine. And I, was, I want to be a yoga teacher. And I did all these things. And I was really not interested in entrepreneurship. To me, entrepreneurship meant that you were gonna be like a slave to the system, and you would be burnt out and you wouldn't be able to be with your family. It was like again, just a a projection that was shown to me in my childhood. Yeah, but then it became very clear that actually, if I wanted to do some of these things that I was passionate about, the best way was to actually turn them into a business. And so, you know, this creativity started to, to, started to make its way back into my life when I was like, okay, how can I create a business in my vision? Um, and also, this is really cool. I get to actually write social media. That's part of this entrepreneurship thing in this day and age. And, well, I get to create campaigns and like I started easing back into this artistry that I had left behind so long ago and just at first it was really clunky I was like what is my voice how do I write these things that sounds weird I feel really uncomfortable doing that am I good enough there's you know the normal imposter things that would come up
0: Um, so real
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah yeah right and I mean, at first, just so that everybody knows, like my first quote-unquote business was a herbal supplement company for animals. So I had a different tone of voice. So I think that was the the next iteration of creativity for me. It's like I actually got to play a different role. It wasn't me. It was the company and the brand and giving that a voice. And that was really fun. And it was separate for me. It was safe. Mm -hmm. And then when I eventually my partner and I eventually closed that company down and I focused solely on coaching. It was like, okay, this is very intimate. This is, this is me. This is my voice. And I think that's really when I started to develop and grow as an artist and evolve as an artist when it wasn't quote unquote safe, it felt a little bit more risky. It felt a little bit more raw. And I got to explore the deeper parts of myself and how that was showing up in my writing yeah, so I mean, I think those are some of the iterations. And of course, I think the other iteration that I'm in right now is like continuing to grow in my own writing, but also being able to teach it. which like That's requires so A yeah. <laughs> couple of mastery. Yeah. And not just teach it, Kelsey. Like, hey, I hope this is what comes across when we're in conversation, but teach it in a way that, activates your own creativity or your own ability to express your own voice so it's not just
0: me saying this is how you do something oh Um, fully I think one of the most powerful things every time I've gotten in a room with you to learn is how brilliantly you model what's possible through writing and through creative expression And you can't do that effectively unless you are like embodied in it. So full on recognition for you here with that. (laughs) Thank you. I've also like, I don't think I've ever related to another human being more. We've had so much crossover in our history from (laughs) like opting to put down artistry and expression for something that was maybe a little bit more, um, performance oriented like sports mm-hmm. it was such an interesting transition for me. And it was almost a way for me to like hide my expressive my expressive parts because I was, I didn't want to be hurt by criticism or judgment or rejection or anything like that, or feel vulnerable. And um, so I, I, like you, I threw myself into sports and I threw myself into career and I developed all of these really beautiful and rich parts of my life experience. And the through line for me has always been creativity. Like, although I was raised in a very entrepreneurial and enterprising household, and for me, entrepreneurship was like the holy grail. I was just like, I started my first business at seven, and I knew I was going to be unemployable <laughs> when I grew up. Um <laughs> <laughs> It always came back to creativity and expression and just like connection and relationship and the way that creativity facilitates such depth and such meaning and such connection across humans. And when you can infuse that into a brand and a business, there's something just like it takes on a life of its own and it just totally transforms the way you can experience yourself and the way you get to experience that particular offering and service. And it's been really fascinating to, like you said, kind of like I come from a marketing background, go from writing for brands that weren't myself and being able to kind of hone my writing and hide behind the identity of something that wasn't myself. And it's a whole different level of experience and a whole different level of vulnerability, applying all of these strategies and these writing um, techniques and methodologies and and honing your craft and doing it in a way that starts to lift the veil on your soul. (laughs) Like that's just, it's definitely an art form and you are so profoundly good at it. And so I would love to know kind of like, what are some of the... If you could share like pearls or nuggets as you kind of started to shift into developing a personal brand and speaking in a really intimate way through your messaging, what that's kind of looked like for you and how you've developed that. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Whew. So much gold <laughs> and so much wisdom in there. Thank you so much. Um, the first thing I just want to say is I think we really just need to like validate the experience of it being hard like I think so many people are looking for a really quick fix or really like they make themselves wrong for feeling either like imposter or feeling unsure about their writing Um, this is completely normal I think if you're not experiencing that on some level likely you have a different background or you're just a different breed of human I mean Mm -hmm. the hundreds of people I've worked with now everyone experiences this um I mean I was just giving feedback to a woman yesterday and uh, she sent me a message afterward and she said thank you so much for highlighting the things that I was doing well because I was so insecure about your feedback but I so badly wanted to hear it and I didn't think there was anything that I was doing great and I said well wow. firstly there's so many things that you were doing well and ultimately every single time I give someone feedback and even the things I'm just about to share I always want you to look at them as elevated, like elevation techniques or optimization techniques or things that you can take or leave and just be really curious about because your voice, the way you're showing up today, is more than enough. Like it's okay, it's exactly how it should be. And Mm -hmm. I really want everyone, like if you're listening to this, to really take this to heart. Like how you write a caption, how you write a journal entry, how you show up on a podcast or whatever it is, is more than enough as it is in this moment.
0: I love this so much. Being able to like really master or honor, I I should say, honor the refinement and maturation and mastery process is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at any artist, if you look at even,
1: you know, artists like singers, There, we almost have this level of expectation for them to evolve like what is going to be this like next iteration or this next version of them or this new emergence like I'm, i'm just thinking of miley cyrus right now i'm like you know her song flowers is out it's like this new version of her based on her life experiences and that's going to be the same with your art the same with your writing and there is nothing wrong with what you did before or what you did, what you're gonna do in the future. It just is. And at the same, same time, term. like let's be curious and look at ways that we can deepen and grow. And I think, yeah, I think that's the number one thing that I really, really want people to take away with away from this. I I, I talk a lot about the strategic pieces of writing, and there are definitely foundational pieces when it comes to high converting copy that are you know timeless and we really should learn um but ultimately like the the whole point of it is for it to be your own expression so yeah so I mean a few things that have been really really helpful for me is number one the thing that's most alive for me right now actually is this idea that we we really do want to lead with art lead from Mm -hmm. art and what I mean by that, especially in the, the personal brand space, if you're a coach or you're a consultant is, I think for the longest time, I, I held this belief and there's nothing wrong with it. Like, you know, like I said, we're, we're always changing, but I always said, you know, great art is equal parts strategy and, and creativity. Sorry, not good art, but I mean like good copy, mm-hmm. the words that you're saying, <clears throat> equal parts strategy and art. And I still believe this. But the, the, the nuanced shift that I'm really making that's made a big difference is it's not necessarily both at the same time, but yeah. the, the way we begin matters. Mm-hmm. So I think if we lead with art and what I mean by that is you lead with your own personal expression, what you really believe to be true, what's alive for you, how you really do want to speak. And then you can anchor and you can adjust and you can optimize that copy based on strategy and when we write copy this way as opposed to writing copy from a place where it's like it needs to be strategic and I have this thing I want to say we we end up with copy that's much more alive and much more rich because it comes from a place that isn't influenced by how you're supposed to do anything and so that's when we get these really innovative pieces and these pieces that hold like a much richer energetic, you know, vibration to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they come from this different place and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with strategy or this, you know, masculine piece. I'm just saying that as a personal brand, I, I really see this making a difference. And the, the other aspect of this is um, when you lead from you, which I believe you are the artist, you the art that I'm speaking about, when you lead from art, you, you're not actually leading from a place of influence of other people. So the other part of this is how can you write or how can you speak not because of what somebody else has said, but because of what's alive for you. And this requires that you actually live a life away from social media
0: Oh my God, this is the most true thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) right. And to just to take this a step further, because I'm so like activated by this right now, it's not, you know, go for a walk in nature because you're going to get really creative ideas. It's go for a walk in nature or put your phone down when you're with your niece because you choose to live a life fully. Not Mm -hmm. because it's going to give you art or it's going to give you ideas you know it will but just to choose to be fully alive because the greatest art is really just a fle- reflection of our life <laughs> so if you can yeah. be fully fully present <clears throat> for everything that you're doing you're going to create the best art and you're going to connect the most deeply with your ideal clients i mean i can. this sounds probably a little hokey pokey but i mean i i promise you this is the ultimately if you're looking for sales you're really looking for copy that's deeply connecting mm-hmm. and then you deeply connect when you understand who you're speaking to and you can't understand them unless you've been fully present with them
0: oh, yes 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 <laughs> i am so here for I'll, this. I'll let you it's... talk a little i got <laughs> <laughs> honestly this is so interesting like literally this morning i journaled on almost the same kind of concept where i was just i was feeling so much resistance to sitting down and writing which happens often and i like reeled myself back and i stopped myself and i was like the the thing that i wanted to do was go check my phone which like my god i'm like breaking that addiction slowly but surely um it's hard
1: i'm not i'm yeah. not perfect too i really want to say like I say these things because I experience these things. It's not like I'm perfect.
0: Experiential wisdom speaks volumes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. So I was just I'm sitting at my journal. My phone was next to me, and I was just like having this internal battle. And I was like, okay, the reason that I want to show up to my phone right now is because I want I want to receive something. I want to be filled up by something that I'm going to get from that experience, and. I don't want to show up to my community, to my business, to the world from this place of like emptiness and desperation and need. And I would rather feel my discomfort in this moment and be really present with what's real and what's moving through me and then recognize my own capacity to first of all, turn for me to God first but to then come back to myself and self-source and fill myself up and offer myself the same love that I'm seeking and the same validation that I'm seeking and open my own channel and enroll in my own ideas long enough to hear my own creative thoughts. And this to me is one of the biggest difference makers as an entrepreneur, as anyone that's selling anything, but especially as someone that's selling like your own frequency and your own energy and your own wisdom is when you can start to be self-sourced and dismantle the programs within you that orbit around doing to get. And to me, this is very like, when you lead with strategy first, that can sometimes be coming from a very doing-to-get place. It's like, okay, well, if I write this, then something that I want is going to happen. And Mm -hmm. it bypasses the most vitalizing and most important part of the creative process and of the point of contribution, which is being full of self and infusing soul and infusing essence into what you're creating and offering. Because like you said, that... That is the most like human part of us that's going to inevitably connect with the people that are meant to receive not the words, but the frequency underneath them. And in my opinion, that's been the most like high converting tactic, if you want to call it that, (laughs) that I've experienced Mm -hmm. thus far. And then the strategy gets to come in as this beautiful like refinement, this like, okay, like how do I make... Uh, take this this essence, this essential frequency that I'm working with and massage it and create even more magnetism within it and speak even more powerfully and more connectively through presence with what is in front of me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Everything you said, I... So agree with. I, I actually had a really similar experience to what you were speaking to in the beginning with a post I shared just yesterday. I got mm. some new brand photos, super excited.
0: They're gorgeous. I, like, I need to
1: post. I need to post. <laughs> I need to get, you know, it's it's an exciting time. You have some fresh photos. Yeah. And it was the same sort of thing. Like I felt this need to post this like desire to for it to do something, not because there was something to actually be shared. Mm -hmm. And I got into a little bit of like, um, this like anxious, oh my God, I don't know what to say or I don't have anything to share. Like, what is, what is the thing I want to say? And I, I had to stop myself and just be like, you don't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. And actually in this moment, I think the best thing we can do is just completely remove ourselves from the situation it happens so quickly. I like, I always just sit on my couch in the morning. I have like my journaling and meditation practice. And I just put everything away and everything down. I just watched the sunrise coming up. Mm. Kind of got lost in it. I don't know how long I was even watching the sunrise, and like I, I'm trying to reflect on it right now because I, I it's like this void where I allowed the idea to drop in. Yeah. And I picked up my phone and I don't even know, like when I picked up my phone, I didn't know what I was going to write, but I knew I was ready to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just wild thing where i just, I picked it up. I opened my notes and I just wrote the entire post and then I published it. Yeah. And I, I really didn't expect, I had let go of expectation. I was just at that moment excited to create and let it move through me. And then when mm-hmm. I went back, it was, you know, of course, everyone felt very activated by it. It was something that was getting a lot of responses because I didn't actually hold the need for it to.
0: Yeah. It's a lot. I love that you said that. I think if I were to like put my finger when people ask me like, what's your process? How do you write so well? How do you do this? Um, It's that. It's like mm-hmm. how... When you feel that there's something that needs to move through you, how quickly can you attune to it and put everything else down and become receptive and open and unfurl to receive that? And then for me, like when you're in that place of like presence and in your body and available to just being with reality and being with your inner world, that's like you, like I, I'll pick up my phone and I'll write a post in 10 minutes because it's just, it's there. It's like, right. It's like a low hanging fruit. It's ripe. It's ready to be birthed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I I would love to, so we're talking a lot about artistry. I would love to talk a little bit more about some of those strategic elements when you're, Mm -hmm. when you're writing, or if you're talking to a business owner who's like, okay, like what even is writing strategically? What, what would you say to those people? What does that look like? Where would we start? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the
1: ultimate thing that is strategic, like the number one thing that we really need to remember is that in order for copy to convert, to sell, to connect deeply with someone in order to you know, create a relationship where they trust you and they like you and they know you and they want to say yes to your offer is we really just need to speak to our ideal client. We need to understand them better than they they know themselves. And so of course we can speak to this presence piece and we can show up from a place of art, but then yes, grounding it into how can I best say this so that the Person who I most desire to work with, the person that I get most excited to connect with, is going to be deeply moved by this. And so that means that you do need to do the market research. Like I know everything we're talking about right now sounds so nice, <laughs> and it's like it just feels like I feel like market research gets a bad rap, but like yeah, you you do really truly need to understand who you are speaking with and. Um, how they like to be spoken to. I think the word positioning also gets a bad rap in marketing.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: positioning, you know, sort of means like how are you adjusting your words so that it's received and you can convert. And it kind of gets this manipulation label, which I don't think it's manipulation. I think it's if you're doing it from a yeah, if you're doing it from yes. a really intentional spot. You're actually saying, I honor the person that's reading this. And so I'm going to adjust this so that they better receive this and therefore are going to be able to move closer to overcoming a challenge they have in their life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of the ways we can do this specifically is once you know that person, uh, we can use things like sensory activation, which just basically means being a little bit more tangible with. The words that you're writing so that it deeply connects to the to the reader and their experiences that they're having in their life so instead of only saying you want more confidence let's say this is like self-love or body image like coach you might say something like um you want to always use this example it always makes me giggle like you want to, like, walk by your mirror and, like, shoot yourself a glance. Be like, hey, babe, what's up? Like, looking good. Like, you want to have this level of, um, you know, love towards yourself so much so that you don't shy away from the, the mirror. So now we can see it, right? When I say sense reactivation, I'm thinking, how can you share words that activate what we're seeing, smelling, touching, hearing? Mm-hmm. So... Um, you might say something like um you know like you didn't you held your coffee cup um proudly and your your shoulders were back like now we can smell the coffee like you're just weaving in some of these elements that really activate the reader yeah instead of just using blanket terms
0: like drops you into an
1: experience of the writing yeah yes exactly exactly um, the other thing that is really powerful to do is oh, I have so many ideas where I want to take this. So <laughs> the other thing that I, <laughs> that I talk about all the time is, um, empathy bridges.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I talk about storytelling a lot and that's a really powerful place for empathy bridges to live. But really anytime you're talking to a human being and you want to support them with something that they're going through right now what can happen is we can get so excited about telling them what they need to do and how they need to change, or we can get so excited about telling them what our story has been and how we overcame it, that we forget that they're in something, you know, that it's not a fun place to be. And as much as this person is likely more solution oriented and they, they really don't associate too much with their, their challenge. They're still someone who's experiencing a challenge, a problem. Mm -hmm. And so an empathy bridge is a sentence or two that just really recognizes and validates where your reader's at, at the point of reading the, the words on the page. It does a lot for the way things are received and for your their trust in you. Yeah. Like it can be like, Kelsey, you really need to water your plants more. <laughs> I always <laughs> use plants as an example. I'm a Taurus. Like, Kelsey, you need to water your plants. If you don't water your plants, you know, your plants are going to die, and you're going to be a bad plant mom, and I can, like, say all these things, and it's, they're true, and I, like, care about you wanting to grow your plants, but if I said, like, you know, Kelsey, make sure you water your plants, I know you've been told that you need to wait one week before you water this, this plant, but, you know, based on all the plants that I've grown in the past, you actually want to water it every other day, so I'm, like, validating where they're at, and why they may be experiencing discomfort or not necessarily
0: associating with the message that you're sharing. Yeah, well, I think too um, this really serves to and I mean, I know the people that I'm talking to are leaders and I want to speak to them as such because I trust and believe in their brilliance and when you when you bring in um when you can recognize them in their experiences and also recognize them in their brilliance It's so, it it creates such a profound trust. I know when I'm reading copy from other people and they're speaking to me like a fully functioning adult, (laughs) not infantilizing me, I'm like, wow, like I feel really well received and understood. And like I'm being invited into a beautiful relationship or opportunity rather than being spoken down to. And I think that's a really important element to effective writing because i know there's some, been some rhetoric in and amongst copywriting that's like oh you have to speak at like a certain level or you have to speak specifically to pain points all the time or like assume they don't know and i don't necessarily agree with those either so no
1: <laughs> yeah no
0: i mean it's especially not
1: the kind of work that you and i are in i mean we're working mm-hmm. with like transformational experiences yeah Um, we're working with people who are like I I I also think every human being is highly intelligent and I would love to just put them in the seat of like their own sovereign choices and yeah so I mean I think I'm going to take back what I said because I was like oh I think it's because of the space we're in but actually it's probably one of the biggest things that big corporations who come across as very like manipulative in their marketing could probably change and make a big difference in
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Were Um, there any other, any other elements of strategy? Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're talking about social media, caption writing, for example. I think the other thing that we really want to be clear about is that we do live in a time where our attention spans are small. You know, I'd love to think that I can create the best piece of copy, but Ultimately, if I don't spend a little bit of extra time looking at the beginning of my caption or the subject line on an email, or even the taglines in the opening on a sales page in the website, ultimately people aren't going to read it. So it can be really good, but we need to still focus on that area. And so headlines are really important. Um, I call them PDFLs, so pattern disrupting first lines. Um mm-hmm. and that's what they're doing. I mean, they're they're disrupting a pattern that, you know, good or bad that we get into in the social media scroll, it needs to really speak to the person you want to read the the post. Yeah. And so this isn't a place to put like really fluffy sentences. This isn't a place to, you know, kind of babble on with a long sentence. This is, you know, you really do want to be strategic about what you're saying. And usually you want to include some sort of desire or outcome that they do want in their life. So it might Mm -hmm. be like, you know, um, you know, the, like, I can't think of a non cliche example, but I'm going to just use it anyways. It's like, you know, five ways that I've improved my copywriting to get more engagement, like, so the reader wants more engagement, and I'm going to give them some ways to do that. Um, yeah, if you're telling a story, which I think storytelling is just in itself a really good idea, just use more story. We want to drop people into the story right away. You know, this isn't once upon a time, I did that, da, 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 da. it's like, you no, know, tell us what you were experiencing, the challenge right away. And it should be relevant to the reader. Mm hmm. Um, The other way you could open it is just with something really curiosity provoking. So maybe it has nothing to do with what they desire. Maybe it has nothing to do with a similar challenge that they've faced, but it's just really weird and wacky and out there. And again, it just disrupts their pattern that they're in. So this doesn't mean that you need to lie or say things that are untrue. It just means that you need to be strategic about the way you're saying things.
0: Yeah. Can this be like, A question too? Yes.
1: Yes. Questions are really great. Um, I have a little bit of a pet peeve with questions right now, just because I think sometimes because they're used so much, it's as a copywriter, I I feel like they're a little bit overdone. It's like a little bit cliche and I'm like, but yeah, I still use them Mm -hmm. and they're, they're definitely, they're definitely a great way to to open up a, you know, a post. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I want to say about questions is, if you're going to open up with a question and then um, continue on your post, just be really mindful about the amount of questions you're asking. Yeah. And then at the same breath, be really mindful about the amount of statements you're telling someone. So what mm-hmm. I mean by this is if I was to say, let's go to our plant example because it's just so fun and easy. I'm looking at my fig plant right now. <laughs> um, if I were to say like, have you ever wondered how to grow your fig faster I don't know um that's a question right it's I'm interested in that it speaks to the desires that I want so I would read it but if I kept going with like do you want to look at your plant every day and be like I'm so proud of you do you want to have an easier way to like the just the repetitive questions um what we know is that it it just doesn't do well with our attention span. yeah, and it can sometimes just kind of go off from what you're talking about. The other problem with questions is that if we use too many of them, um, unconsciously, the reader is gonna feel like you don't actually know what's going on for them.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: like a lack of connection. It's like, well, you don't know the answer to that? Like, isn't this what you are an expert in? Yeah, similarly, on the the flip side, We also are told to use, you know, second person, which I would highly recommend if you're in doubt, use second person tense when speaking. So that means things like you. Mm -hmm. So if you were to just tell someone how they're experiencing things, that can also come across as like, like, how did like, bitch, how do you know everything about me? (laughs) You're like, you're just telling me how I'm supposed to feel as opposed to inviting me into feeling a certain way with a question. So like that could come across as like, you just want to grow your fig. You just want to water your plant once a a week and never worry about it. You want to show off your fig plant, like tall and strong every time you have friends over. What would be better is if you added like a question in between those two to add variety to the way people are experiencing what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Finding the subtle and really nuanced. Yeah, between like interrogation and impersonation. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately what, what we're doing here is just just getting curious about how we would like to be spoken to. So, I mean, yeah. how would you want to be spoken to? Oh. I don't yeah. like to be asked a million questions. Well, I do love to ask a questions.
0: I was like, <laughs> don't lie.
1: <laughs> don't lie. You're a projector. I'm a, pro- I'm a projector.
0: You're like, please, but ask me like questions. I
1: respond to them first. <laughs> But me respond first. Um, So, yeah, just just ask yourself, like,
0: how do you want to be spoken to? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think like to what I said earlier, it's like if if an industry expert is telling you to speak to your audience like they're dumb and you were in your audience, would you want to be spoken to like you're an idiot? Probably not. No. Like, would you trust somebody that speaks down to you that way to like walk you through some of your most tender, transformational experiences? Probably not. So yeah, exactly what you said is like, put yourself in the shoes of the receiver. And this is something that I love doing when I'm writing copy is like, I'll like read it over to myself and I'll just, I'll drop into the perspective of, okay, if I'm receiving this, what am I actually getting from this? Like, how is this landing for me? And that's been really powerful. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and one last thing that I want to say that kind of anchors in every a lot of things that we've been talking about is um, don't be afraid of your first draft. Like, mm. I want the whole world to know how ugly some of my first drafts look. Like, I just, I really just want you to know how bad it starts sometimes. Like, you know, I, I painted this beautiful picture of how that post from yesterday really just flowed out of me. That's not always the way it goes. And I know a lot of times people get stuck on, like, getting going. There's a lot of procrastination and um, perfectionism can rear its head, right? We want things to be perfect. But the truth is, the the best copywriters are actually really, really good editors. Mm-hmm. So just start writing. And this is where that whole, like you lead with art. You just let things come from you and then you do editing. And that usually is through the lens of strategy. Yeah. that's like asking yourself the question, is this clear? Does this really need to be here? Is this a message that maybe goes into another post? Um, Does this actually resonate with my ideal client? Can I say this in a way that activates their experience a little bit more? Is my headline thought provoking? Is it actually going to stop their scroll? These things don't happen the first time you write it. Like for no one, no one. Mm -hmm. Someone tells you that, like they're probably lying. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. It just, it doesn't happen all the time.
0: Yeah. I think another thing too, to add to that is like, even when, like I said, like I can sit down when I've, when I've been fully present and when I've been open enough to receive something I'll maybe write the post in 10 minutes, but it doesn't mean I'm publishing it in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm still going to go through and like go through that process of reading it from the other perspective of refinement of like creating greater levels of connective tissue within it. Um, and sometimes, and this is something that's been really helpful for me. I, I'm such a like long form writer. I really struggled to like condense things and like, do little teasers um I've been really practicing and playing with like okay when I write something long form are there like multiple ideas in here that I can actually pull out and deepen into separate posts and separate creations and that's been so beautiful for me to just know that like my one post doesn't have to do it all be it all and have it all
1: yeah yeah Uh, honestly Kelsey it's probably the number
0: one thing that I that
1: I refine and edit and give feedback on when I'm doing live coaching calls is that is like um, I call it like message stuffing Um, yeah and not always but it can sometimes come from this place of like I really want to give it all because you really care and you do you want to give people the whole picture Mm -hmm. I think it also comes from this place of like obviously complexity and depth and the richness of life is something that you really hold as a big part of who you are. And so Mm -hmm. it's hard to ever just go, just keep it in one area. But it's actually really, really fun to know that not only should we have just one solid message, but then we can break it up and you have all these other posts. But even within each of those messages, you have different ways to share them. So yeah. if you decided today, like, you want to share this message that, like, oh, my God, Figgy, you
0: got to get out of my brain. Fig <laughs> trees. <laughs> is officially fig. in the Mediterranean somewhere right now, mentally. Just like, <laughs> fig trees are the best. Um, figs.
1: So you want to share this message that, like, <laughs> whatever, something about a fig tree. My point is, is that you can share a story about the fig tree that teaches and illuminates something that you want to share for your reader, but you could also do a teaching caption that teaches something about, you know, the importance of the same message. You could also inspire someone by like sharing a little bit behind the scenes and like motivating them towards something to do with big plan as well. And now you have this exact same message, but in different content types. So you just have an unlimited amount of ways to post it or just different things.
0: I love that. I think I know personally, I used to not so much anymore, particularly since stepping into some of your master classes over the last few months. Um, I used to like really stick to the content styles that I knew I was really good at. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is like more activating, inspirational. And I've really been playing with experimenting with okay like how do i step into the role of like teaching or guiding a process or selling posts which i know there's a lot of people probably listening to this where there's still some ick or some resistance to selling and these are all things that are really important i think to experiment with and like kind of cut your teeth um with writing so i'd love your two cents i'm just kind of like dropping into the different writing styles and then I know we're getting to the top of our hour so if there's anything else you want to conclude with yeah well I'm glad you asked this because I'm going to
1: go on a little riff okay I, I have a little bit of a pet peeve when it comes to content types because What I've experienced, and so just so that everybody understands, like what we're talking about is there's different ways to share a message, right? You might share a story, you might teach, you might sell, you might be very polarizing and in a thought leadership position, you may share more behind the scenes. It might be a testimonial or a case study. And it's wild to me because every time I've learned this from a different person, there's lots of different methodologies that people teach out there. Um, everyone has their own like here are the content types that you need to share in order to be successful like and most of them are very similar just you know some different names and some expand on them a little bit more and I finally just decided that I'm very anti-content type (laughs)
0: because I love it let us hear
1: it I just like really fired up about this I just like rambled on to one of our writers and Loke about this yesterday. Cause I'm like, they're, they're bullshit because what happens is when I'm behind the scenes with a lot of leaders, they don't actually practice what they've taught. And so I've been asking myself like, why, like, let's just get to the root of this. And this is so important, by the way, curiosity, I think is one of a really big power to writing really powerful copy. Like why do content types matter in the first place? And the whole reason content types even matter is because we know that in order to take a colder lead and make them a warm lead, essentially building no like and trust with someone, a deeper connection with your audience, we need to share a variety of content types because that will give them different angles of us, right? Like different ways to understand us and learn from us. And it's just the way humans are wired. But the problem is that people get so rigid about it Mm,
0: mm -hmm. and people
1: get so stuck on like, Oh, I only did one teaching caption this week and I did four inspirationals and Oh, I didn't sell (laughs) or I did this. And it's like, this is not the point. Like this is not the reason. The other reason why I know content types are taught is because like I just said, we need variety. And so it's a good way to look at yourself and take a, take stock and be like what like you were just saying Kelsey like I'm only doing mostly these inspirational motivational pieces and I'm not really teaching much or I'm not really selling much and so then it's insight for you to actually lean into some of these other content types so I'm not saying that you know content types are bad I'm just saying that I think we can release the grips on them a little bit and use them for what they really are It's a tool to basically say, am I sharing a variety when I take a big step back over a month? Am I really showing up in a variety of different ways? Because we know that's how we build a deeper connection with people. But don't use it to be creating these like very rigid structures on yourself that doesn't allow the creativity to flow. I mean, there's weeks where I only write story and I'm still going to enroll clients
0: I'm this is so good their- so yeah, like- so much yes. crossover as well with like when I used to teach human design and and offer readings and like obviously I still work very intimately with energetics and like different systems I always 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 like caveat and prerequisite any of it with like if you if you're gonna end up using this system to create dogma and rigidity and Pressure and resistance for yourself, you're missing the point. These are supposed to be looked at as tools or lenses to liberate more of you. And if like for me, I've been really leaning on these kind of content pillars, um as you call them, to really allow myself to step more fully into my multi-dimensionality and mm. recognize, okay, mm-hmm. well, why aren't I writing any selling copy? What's behind that? Why am I not showing up to that? And then cleaning that up on the back end so that there's a level of comfort and ease and peace around showing up all of these in all of these different styles um, and just allowing them to flow when it feels natural. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Cool. Well, this is fun. I'm so happy you asked
1: all the questions. This
0: is great. <laughs> it's, it's my greatest love to have brilliant minds on unedited and have beautiful conversations. So before I let you go, I would love to just have you share with the audience how they can connect with you, how they can work with you, and get in your energy because they need to know you. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the best place to hang out with me is on Instagram, and I am not a stranger on there. I will always be in my DMs. It'll always just be me. So you can definitely just check me out. I'm sure Kelsey will put the Instagram below. Um, yes. But yeah, just say hi. That's where I yeah I'm on Instagram stories, and you can message me at any time. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well, but Instagram is definitely the best place. And then right now, the, the only way to work with, um, with me and also like the, the local community is through done-for-you copywriting. So if you're at a place right now where a delegation has been in the back of your mind, or even if you just love the idea of having some more spaciousness and to be more in the seat of the, the leader within your message and have somebody else actually translate that into words on the page, we offer um, done-for-you social media caption writing email caption or email writing and then also both options we also do sales pages and website copywriting for clients who are retainer clients as well um and i I do have some free things coming up very soon as well if you're listening to this quite close to when it's released um so just keep an eye on instagram for that
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. I will yeah. definitely include all of that in the show notes. And just a testament, I, I'm i going to be writing um, with the Elok team <laughs> for now. And just seeing behind the scenes the level of like detail and professionalism and intention and like absolute genius. If you have been toying with the idea of having any copy written for you or with you, really, truly, it's with you. Um, yeah look no further. Honestly, what you're doing with the Elope is incredible and I, I'm i fully behind it. So anyone that's looking for someone to collaborate with creatively in the writing, Ricky Lee is your girl. <laughs> uh,
1: thank you so much. Yeah, we, we really try to create a different kind of, kind of experience as you probably would have expected from our conversation. I think your copy is so intimate and so you're not completely handing it off. It's a really co-creative experience and we're for handling your words with care. I think it's it's really important that oh, I love that. That's done. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for helping me, Kelsey. This was this was awesome. And oh I hope Lord. everyone has a great rest of your day.
0: Yes. Whew. This was an episode packed with pearls of wisdom. So much brilliant, tangible and intangible. Um just Wisdom, and I'm so excited for you to receive this. I know I'm going to go back and listen to some of the things Ricky Lee shared and just integrate and refine my own relationship with writing as well. Um, if you want to get connected with Ricky Lee, you can find her at Ricky Lee Walls on Instagram. I'll also leave in the show notes the Eloke Copywriting Instagram page as well as. Um, any links that are included for applying for copywriting assistance, like I said, the work she's doing is so incredible. I definitely implore you to get connected with her. She's such a wealth of knowledge and just provides so much love, connection, and value to her community online, so I just know you'll love being connected with her, and if you loved this episode and received so much from it, like I know I did, it would be such a blessing for you to share the episode while you're listening, tag myself and Ricky Lee, and add any of your favorite insights or how you're integrating and taking away what resonated from the episode. We always love to get connected with you and just know you're tapping in with us, and as always, if you're loving unedited as a whole, it would mean the world for, for you to rate, review, and then subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Otherwise, I'm so excited to connect with you in the next episode, and I hope you have the most gorgeous day, evening, night, wherever you are.